welcome to the Make It Count podcast. Thank you for coming back to whatever number episode we're on. We're gonna get, I think it's 22 actually. I think uh, editing 21 earlier. And the year of 2022. We were thinking one of our things that we recognize is the world is often noisy, but more than that, it's often really overwhelming. Incredibly overwhelming. For example, when was the last time you went out to a restaurant and endless options? And then you realize there's another page, you know, they turn the whole thing over. Or you're on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Sky Movies, you have Disney Plus as well. You have all those options. Once you choose one of those, you've then got to choose a genre, today's latest. Isn't that the joke that the new watching a, a program? is scrolling Netflix for 40 minutes. Incredible, yeah. Absolutely. I've ex- I'm sure you've experienced that. I've, I've experienced that. The last time I tried to buy some shoes online, some, some football boots, my broke in the middle of a game, so I, I didn't have the luxury of going, oh, I'll peruse some over a couple of weeks to figure it out. It was like, no, I need to be these by the next weekend. And it was hours and hours and hours because... Ah, I need to make sure they'll fit my feet and I need to make sure they're not too expensive and I think they'll last long. I ended up buying way too many pairs just to make sure. And only one of the pairs that I got actually fit my feet. So I sent all the rest back, of course. So, yeah. I mean, I, we were recently uh, away from here. We were with a few people and we were looking at this Chinese takeaway. And I'm fairly familiar with the Chinese takeaway menu. We've had a few in our time. But it was an unfamiliar menu and we were ordering for a, a different group of people. Yeah. And so you're suddenly reading the whole menu afresh and you realise there's numbers up to 600 here. There's 600 potential 600. Op- options. I didn't realise there was that many. That's, that's the, not even including the potential different combinations of what you might have when you're ordering for like seven people. And that's crazy. And suddenly you're thinking, this is a little bit overwhelming. How do you how do you narrow it down so that you can make a, a decision? And I think that's what you were saying. We were we had to buy a new audio recorder here for our podcast, and the old one broke. We were looking at a new one. Hundreds of potential so opportunities to or not opportunities potential, options. Yeah, to to buy to invest in. You're reading reviews. You're watching reviews. You're going back and forward and. It just becomes a little bit, I've got 30 tabs open on five different websites, all doing a hundred different things, and that can feel quite overwhelming. When you've got so much in front of you, you realise there's no way for me to make sense of all this information, and I'm then, you're then paralysed. I'm pretty sure we've stressed a few people out just talking about this. So you're yeah, three so guys, minutes has been calm a bit down. Light. It's fine. We're all right. It's all take you don't five seconds. Have to take any decisions right now. Out through the mouth. No. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll do that in the other podcast, the Breathing Well podcast. Hey, don't underestimate the power of breathing. But all to say is, we recognise in this world of infinite choice, almost, or it seems like. That can be quite overwhelming, quite paralyzing. Mm. I actually recently finished a book, fascinating, called In Order to Live by Yeonmi Park, a North Korean woman who escaped and now lives either in South Korea or the United States. 
And she talked about, in the book, the, the last part of the book, her life getting used to 21st century living in South Korea, going to university, and before that actually having to make up her education and all those years that she effectively had missed. And she describes how exhausting it was, because all of a sudden she's confronted with decisions that she has to make for her life, whereas before decisions were made for her. She was told what, how to think. She was, the life was such that you didn't really have to make that many decisions for, her, for herself. And that was such an interesting idea for me. I'd never thought about how exhausting making lots of decisions can be. She even said, you know, I sometimes thought if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have enough food and we had to leave North Korea, life was easier. Life was simpler. I didn't have to do the thinking. Well, we find ourselves in a place where we are given the opportunity to think and it's a responsibility, but it can be tiring. It's the classic supermarket thing, isn't it? It's like, there's not one tomato you buy, or tomato or not tomato, it's, do you want this type of tomato? Mm. Do you want this breed of tomato? Do you want the extra special grown, uh, nutritious tomato? She talks about this in the book. She says, when I was younger, I just dreamed that I could have a big bowl of rice. Well, now I'm in South Korea and I'm in the shopping aisle and there's 11 to 20 different options of rice. I just stood there crying, didn't know what to do. So those choices that we're, we're almost norm, numbed to it, maybe? Mm. That there's so many... I mean, I was thinking, this is probably one of the things, you know, you're 17, 18, you're looking at, where am I going to go to university? And you think, probably in the UK. Okay, that's narrowed it down to like 120, maybe 150 universities, which is quite a lot already. One from 150, or maybe, well, five from 150, yeah. potentially. And then within that, how many different courses are there in every oh, single gosh, yeah. university? I, I wouldn't even know. Like definitely more than a hundred in each university, Probably. you know. And so suddenly you've got this multiplication of complexity, and and then what, you've got sort I of different iterations decision? of different courses as well. Yeah. Do I do a year abroad? I mean, we set a pretty bleak, overwhelming picture. I'm a little bit stressed even just talking about it. Yeah, the more examples <laughs> we bring up, the worse it gets. Yeah, so, and, and part of the reason we're talking about this is because Matt recently came across a quote. Really interesting quote about the word decide. Decide. So, go on. I'll read the quote. It's about decide. And we'll continue with the conversation. Decide is an interesting word. We use it casually, but it carries some serious weight. Decide comes from the Latin word decider, which means to cut off. It's relative to cadere, which means to cut or to kill. So when you make a decision, you're literally killing options. You're cutting off other opportunities and possibilities. And this is why decisions are so often difficult. And... I think that that was a really interesting idea. It sounds so. I, I think the thing that stands out to me about that initially, as you read it again, is it's to cut off, it's to kill. Yeah, that seems quite harsh. It does. It seems well. It's final, doesn't it? It seems very final. And I think we. Why, why do we live in a world where we, as a group, as society, have developed a world 
that has all these possibilities, these endless possibilities. I think it's because we have this desire to have all these options open to us. We have a more is better, more is better, and the more options I have, the better off I am. So we have a, an attraction towards more. But as we've discussed just now in the previous 10 minutes, 5 minutes, actually the situation we then find ourselves in is with ever-increasing options, we get diminishing returns. We feel overwhelmed rather than liberated. So this isn't even necessarily a counterpoint, more of an action point, mm. maybe, is what I'm understanding it. We're saying... Hey, you have hundreds of options every day. Every time you go shopping, every time you turn on the TV, every time you go through YouTube, just so many options. And actually, the challenge then is to decide, i.e., to kill off. And so we've got to get better at killing. Hopefully, nobody quotes me out of context there. Well, <laughs> we part of it is yeah, getting better at killing off those options. Something from the Design Your Life book that we reviewed last year. They talked about the the final step in good decision making is, so you've gone through all the steps, you've ideated, you've narrowed it down, finally choose, and then you agonise over it. No, you don't do that. You let go. You let go of all the other options. Because if you agonise over the, the thing was you didn't choose, you're still trying to hold on to it and you're cheating yourself of truly enjoying the one you did. They said there's some been scientific experiments where they've done this. And they basically got what they called subjects, got subjects in and they were just asking them, can you rate these four pieces of art and they were by a famous artist and that was literally it and they were saying we're trying to understand people's feelings about art after they'd done that they gave them the option oh you you can choose one of these and you can actually take a print home with you and that will be yours and to half the people they said to them oh but choose really carefully because there's only limited and once you've chosen you you can take it home but you won't be able to come and trade it back so that decision is final. To the other half of the people, they said, actually, we've got loads of these, so choose one, that's fine. But if in a few weeks' time you want to come and trade it, you can do that. And when they asked people as they were leaving, they had made that decision, they asked them, how happy are you with your choice? They were fairly, fairly equal. But actually, at the time, the people that had the choice to, to trade out felt that they, they were a little bit happier. In three weeks' time, when they asked that same, they went back to them and said, oh, um, how happy are you with the choice? The people that had no recourse to switch it out were far more satisfied with the choice they'd made, regardless of which of the four prints that they'd chosen. And so it comes to this, that what they concluded was, the fact that the people had held on a, I could trade this out, it made them think less of the one they'd chosen in case there was a better option out there. So, in effect, actually committing to it made it more rewarding. Yeah. Which is interesting because many, many things, in some ways, there are a lot of reversible decisions that you can make. Try it out, 
how many places can you easily return now? And I was even wondering earlier, you were saying about your football boots. I mean, I remember you bought like four or five pairs. Six. Six pairs? Only one fit. Yeah, only one fit. No, two fit. But maybe, and, and so maybe obviously there's something about buying shoes online, but does that mean you didn't fully commit? So you rubbed yourself a little bit of an enjoyment there? Mm. Because they weren't five or six of the same shoe. No, no. It's like, oh, I'll there buy were some eight, different eight options and a half, as well. Nine, nine and a half, ten. It was like, oh, I'm going to buy these four different ones in three different sizes. I caused and myself a load of stress as well because then I had to sort out sending them all back again. So you're saying maybe you're doing better off by actually cutting off earlier and committing. Yes. I probably I would have been better off going to a shop, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, difficult in, in the world we live in at the moment. Yeah, I think there was some lockdown still going on at the time. I think at the time you weren't able to try shoes on. Yeah, that's it. So, oh well. Awkward time to need a new pair of boots. But that's interesting because actually that that means almost it's better to have an upfront cutoff. Mm. Instead of thinking, hey, I could have this or I could buy this and instead actually... Maybe I'll have to return it. Actually thinking, do I really want this? Mm. No, I do really want this. That means it's going to... I'm committing to it. And I suppose that's... To me as well, those sorts of things... I used to be awful at going to restaurants. It used to stress me out. Because you you know you'd have to sit down in front of this menu and what would I want? How would I want it? And you'd agonise over it, as you said. And you now I'm much better. It's just not going for that section, not going for that section. I'm just, yeah. I'm broad sweep. Like, nope, At the very beginning, nope. you cut off a lot. Yeah, and then I'll get down to two or three <laughs> and I'll go, ah, I think I'll listen. Mm. Other people are still agonising over it and I can relate to that because that used to be me, but yeah. actually cutting few huge things off. That when we're thinking about watching a film, for example, we haven't decided what we're going to watch. To me, one of the most helpful things, I don't always do it, is going, what genre of film do I want to watch? What feel of film? Before you even... Before I turn anything on. Yeah. What, you know, get me into a ballpark of like, what genre, what feel of film I want. Yeah. Because as soon as you start scrolling, it, it it almost becomes impossible to make a decision. I don't know how it happens, but I, you see all these It's films, almost like those pages are designed to keep you on them for a long time. Well, I think it was really They funny. don't have a bottom. They just keep going. You can keep scrolling down and down and down and across. The other day, we were looking at a film and after you were, you were looking at a film and you were scrolling along and after 15 minutes, you went, no, I don't want to watch a film anymore. And you just left. Yeah. <laughs> we, weren't any, we hadn't even decided anything. And That was true. I was a growing feeling of, I'm not sure I was really wanting to watch a film. I really don't now. After 15 minutes of just endless options, none of which seemed that appealing. Mm. Yeah. So we we need to get better at cutting off and deciding and recognise, actually, that whilst some decisions are reversible, there's more joy from acting as if they're not. Yeah, in in that regard. And I suppose when it comes to some trivial things like what film we're going to watch or what you're going to have at the restaurant, you might agonise a little bit because you're like, wow, I want, I want to get something that's going to be really good. Well, 
hopefully you've chosen a restaurant that you trust anyway. So you can go, there's going to be most of the stuff on this. It's going to be fine. Unless you have very, very, you know, acquired tastes and maybe some allergies or whatever. But it's that thing of, am I going to rob myself of a few minutes nice conversation with people? Am I going to rob myself of, actually, I'm just going to choose something because I know it's going to be good. And uh, this, this illustration has gone down a hole. Well, I mean, there's the economic way of looking at a meal out is that don't fuss over it. It's a sunk cost. You paid for it. Whether you finish or not, it doesn't matter. Like, Interesting. And, and then the other perspective I've heard about when, I don't know why we're talking about eating out. Maybe we're both hungry. But anyway, like <laughs> the idea that actually in a week, you're probably not going to remember what you've ordered. Mm. And so <clears throat> in, in, in the magnitude of, of life, actually you've negatively impacted the present and you've had no positive impact on the future. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make and I got myself lost. (laughs) With the trivial ones, I suppose it's not that important that we optimise and get the quote-unquote perfect, we get the right film, the right meal, because actually those aren't the things that are going to make or break the day unless you get food poisoning. (laughs) It's, ah, I'm here. The wider point is we're here together. We're enjoying food together. That's the occasion. Yeah, I want to get something that's nice, but I don't need to agonise. I've got the best one with more existential ones. Career, what am I choosing to do in my life? That can be equally as seductive to go, I need to keep my options open. That was one of the reasons why I studied what I did. So I knew oh, I'm quite good at certain subjects. Engineering, that seems like a decent way forward. Mechanical engineering, that's fairly general. Wasn't, it won't close off too many options. I don't really know exactly what I want to do now. The problem was, when I left university, I was like, I'm no closer to knowing, quote unquote, what I'm going to do with my life. And so delaying the decision didn't actually get me closer and there's a i mean you didn't read the whole quote that was there Mm. and there is more to it and we're not going to read that now we can put it in a show note somewhere we just put it in the description oh yeah email and matt will send it to you Uh, (laughs) but part of it is that in not making a decision that is a decision Mm. and that also has a cost and I think yes. a lot of that cost is emotive, actually. It's a delaying. It's actually, it can, it can cause us to stagnate. Um, I'll just stay here. And like you said, I've just pushed the delayed decision of what I'm going to do mm. four years down the line. And actually, it's just kept this underlying tension the whole way. And actually, it would have been better off if I, for example, with a film, just chose the second film I saw that I thought, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of 40 minutes later, the decision has been to not decide. And that's the way that I've everything. heard some families do it with film night. I thought it was quite a good idea was each week they have a, a family film night mm. and it rotates. So each person gets a week and on their week, they get to choose somewhere between three and five films. Then the family votes on those five. So you've... L- narrowed already down your list from 
all the films ever to five. Mm. That's a much more manageable. Mm. Um, well, and that's one of the things that's talked about in a number of different places. But if you can come down to a short menu of options on whatever it is, three to five options. Hey, we're going out to here. We're going to the. It's much easier. Yeah, it's, it's that thing. I, I famously wasn't there. They had these stalls open. You could taste different things, and when there were three different types of jam, you could taste them, and they would sell a lot. And then this other stall had like twenty different types of jam, and people would taste them, but they sold much less. Yeah, it lots of lots more people stopped and looked because it was interesting and attractive. But far fewer people actually bought. Yes, and so I think one of the underrated skills that is worth cultivating、mm. to help us make it count is the ability to take the broad and narrow. It doesn't have to be down to one in one go.、No. But actually, if if we can learn to go, yeah, there's six hundred things on the menu. How do I narrow that down to to five? Okay. Five. I'm not going to look at anything else. I'm not going back to look at the other six hundred again. Yeah, I'm coming down. It's no、five. longer the list. And then, yeah, I've got these five.、Uh, that one. Yeah. And that that suddenly helps. And maybe that, that is the step thing. Maybe that is the thing that I personally find make, helps me make it count. Actually, I like that you brought it to making it count. I think my my final thought, or the thing that in my mind is kind of swimming around, is in all these areas, whether it's food, whether it's entertainment, whether it's life path, we have this insatiable desire for more. You know, I want to see it all. I want to do it all. I want to taste it all. I want to wear it all. I want to drive it all. And we think that in that. We will find life in that, in the chasing after and the experiencing of it all. We will. Well, the reality is, we can't do it all. We know that. You don't need us to tell you that. But we perhaps try to deny that truth to ourselves by holding on to those options, and thereby we treat we cheat ourselves of the enjoyment of actually living with the one choice that we are able to make for that moment or that day. And so. <clears throat> In choosing and deliberately cutting off, not just going ah, I'll maybe cut that off, and but I'll just keep that door a little bit open. Going no, for today, for this year, for whatever, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to focus on this. We spoke about that in one of our one of our other episodes. It's fine to have goals. Actually, it's a good thing to have goals. One of the things that maybe will help you in going: what is the one or two goals that I do want to achieve this year, or processes that I want to implement, is to go: what are all the things that I'm giving myself permission to not do this year? What's a to not do list? I'm not going to focus overly much on my gardening this year. I'm not going to focus overly much on learning Spanish this year because I'm going to do this instead. I'm cutting off that. So there you go. I mean, I think we've all experienced those moments where we have agonised over something instead of deciding, and we've definitely all witnessed someone else agonise over something instead of deciding. And actually, you never look at that, or you never experience it, and think, "Oh, that looks like they're having a great time." And so sometimes it, it is that decision point, and、mm. that's what it takes to make it count. So let us know what you think about on this. The email is in the show notes. 
makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. See you next week.